listeners, and welcome to none other than the campaign finale of Mythos. My name is Chris Bjornsson, and I am the game master up for tonight as always. Starting at the top of the chat channel and going downward for our players we have. Uh, hello, my name is Harry, and I will be playing the role of Franklin Blackmore. Hi, I'm Joe, and I'll be playing Quincy Adams. Hi, I'm John. I'm going to be playing Antonio Tony Megalos. And I'm Jonathan. And for the final time, I will be playing Inspector Adam Lavender. All right, oh. so we have to kill Lavender before the end of this session. Yeah. <laughs> Just Lavender, in case there's a sequel. Lavender yet. already flying death flags, ready to jump, <laughs> ready to tell anyone necessary to go on, and he'll t he'll handle this. He just so. pulled out his wallet with a bunch of photos of his oh. boat, I'm going to live forever, mm. and the fact that he's just one day away from retirement. And all of his, yeah, chi all of his children are campaign. piloting the boat. Yeah. <laughs> his newly born babies. Mm. Adam Jr. and Adam Jr. Jr. Yep. Uh, even the girls are named Adam. It's, it's <laughs> unusual. It's short for Adamina. Mm. All right, well... Uh, yeah, after so long, with this being the first ever campaign that we started posting to the podcast, we are wrapping things up once and for all. So, listeners, uh, if you've been along for the ride this whole time, thank you so, so much. And we are so very, very glad to have you aboard for this. So, without further ado, let's get back into it one last time. So, last we left off, you... The inspectors, after a successful uh, raid upon the McCarthy base, returned to Scotland Yard with some extremely upsetting news awaiting you that not only was the forced evacuation of myths to Myth Town, was that still going underway, but the broadcast of that was interrupted by the smiley face killer addressing all of London for the first time as he told everybody his true name, his nature, and exposing his face, putting everybody in London, or as many people as possible, under the full curse of the boogeyman. So now the smiley face killer knows where so many people in London are, as well as what, what they fear the most. And he told everybody that they had until tonight, and, and after that, all of the dark myths who were basically banished um, out of society and this new world that they were never allowed to be a part of, they would be taking it back and sending all of London, if not the entire UK, back to the Dark Ages. So with that, you guys began investigating, discovered that um, something was going on with Finn McCarthy as he killed his right-hand man, Titus Sweeney, uh, who said right before he perished that Finn was making a deal with the devil. And after that, you found out some more information from uh, a former associate of the Smiley Face Killer, Silas, who told all of you about the Smiley Face Killer's plans, uh, how he was hitting the McCarthys and the myths of Mythtown against each other while orchestrating his little plans in the background. And that finally, he was going to sick a dragon on London because apparently he stole something from the dragon and the dragon is on a warpath to get it back, whatever it was. But with that, Connor Carson told all of you about something he'd been working on, a ritual that would endow himself as well as a bunch of other humans and myths with an extraordinary amount of power. And he figured now it was now or never. So all of you 
left London and went to the myth community that you had visited a while ago and performed the ritual along with your closest allies to gain one final boost of power before the final battle today. And with that, the army of myths at your back from the community, including Vivian and the myth, the Avatar of Justice Cal, also known as Excalibur, joined you as you stepped into the van one last time with Irvine behind the wheel, enchanted it with pixie dust so it could fly, and it took off down the rainbow conjured by the unicorn sparkle hoof as you rocketed off towards the city of London with a hurricane off in the distance and none other than the dragon Tiruvosar at its heart flying towards London on a collision course with the city itself. And that is where we will pick up once again. You have been streaking over the British countryside, rocketing towards London at an impossible rate, your arrival time only a couple minutes away. And as the skies overhead darken and the wind howls past the van, all of you see that the lights of London, as if simultaneously, all of them go out. And that can only mean one thing. The smiley face killer has used the device to initiate blackouts one final time in preparation for what's about to come. And so... The final minute goes by as all of you brace yourselves, and as the rainbow has ended directly in the heart of London itself, um, the van actually comes out into a... Because it is still flying, it comes out of the rainbow and goes, like skids across the ground without any friction whatsoever, coming to a halt as, uh, yeah, Irvine has just braced himself for impact, but just kind of shakes himself a little bit as he realizes that there's not going to be any, you know, violent impact or anything. So, <sighs> pixie dust, hell of a drug. And behind all of you, you see that the myths that were following you, the army is close on your heels as they alight off the rainbow and uh, charge behind you into this abandoned London square. All of you know where Big Ben is. You can see it off in the distance. And it just seems darker for some unknown reason. And you all know what awaits you there. So, you have a small army at your backs, a lot of your allies crammed into the van with you, and a mission to do. What are you going to do? Um, quick thing. Now that we're back in the city, am I able to pick up the scent of um, Finn McCarthy that I managed to detect early, like I detected earlier, but it was like gone? Um, you head over to the van window, roll it down and stick your head out, and you just smell the air. Um, it is, you have never smelled anything like this before. You smell ozone and palpable fear in the air. This is the sensation of a city when a storm is about to hit. The, the w cold wind blowing past your face as rain is beginning to speckle on the windshield but you inhale deeply and there is no sign of the scent of Finn McCarthy that you smelled before. All right. I guess best plan of action is that he's probably going, is that our good friend Smiley is probably going to do the same thing so that he did last time and basically just send out a bunch of myths to cause havoc in the streets. So probably a good idea is divide and conquer. We send the various armies to basically just 
keep the peace and, you know, pacify any errant myths and mm. attempt to take out the, and we all had just head towards Big Ben. This is out of character. Just mm-hmm. FYI. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think we distribute our forces amongst the city to keep people safe, and then we head in for the actual confrontation. All right. Um, so Blackmore is going to get out of the van, uh, basically just address the crowd of myths in front of him, and says, all right, listen up. As you call out to the, the assembled myths, all of their eyes fall on you. Um... Vivian the giantess watching you uh, with a claymore strapped to her back 40 feet in length. Uh, the pure white wolf, uh, Caliburn, is also watching you as well. Wait, she just like flew there too? L- they all followed you on the rainbow. Oh, okay. Yep. Don't she ask like... questions. It's Rainbow Road. It's fine. Yeah, I guess we just want her to like be waiting in case anything huge shows up, right? Like... Yeah. Um, she's massive and we she can't we want her to avoid stepping on people yeah that's probably a good idea probably to have some sort of rear guard to at the very least keep the dragon from just laying waste oh well, yeah or if like a gasha dokoro shows up right like mm. we we need somebody who is huge to deal with another huge thing mm. yeah uh, we don't really want her going the, uh, like stepping on name? like random yeah. stuff on the ground all right listen up our good, our friend, and he says this with, like, giant air quotes, is probably looking to continue a pattern that he has before. So chaos through the streets of London, reap the results. As such, we'd like you to split out amongst the city and try and keep the peace as much as possible. Protect people. Keep them safe. Vivian, Tear Vassar is probably going to be bearing down within instance. Take whoever you think is most suited for the job and act as a bulkhead. We need to keep them from laying waste to the city. <laughs> the old woman uh, cackles at this, and she um, reaches back for the uh, claymore at her back and unsheaths it. And here I thought I'd never have the chance to slay another dragon. Ah, life's full of surprises, ain't it? Uh, <laughs> Quincy's like, and he says, like, oh, good, she has experience for the position. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Okay, well, I like what you have on your resume here. This is very promising. Wow. Um, but yes, with that, um, she begins to uh, gather up, uh, like, with a gesture, a number of myths begin to follow behind her as another collection uh, begin to follow behind Caliborn. And with that, the army seems to divide itself up a little bit into different platoons as they begin heading out into the streets and such. And at this, Connor leans forward in the van and says to you, uh, Blackmore, what about the rest of us? I mean, there are a couple of us here that uh, we could either go with you and make things easier, or we could head off with these folks and uh, back them up. Um, so we have in the van right now, John, um, Connor, um, Thalestra, Sophie? Yes. Um, I, I, yeah. So yeah, regarding please. <laughs> it's a, yeah, uh, you basically turned the van into a clown car. So, um, let me think. Uh, for the myths that you have in the van with you, those include John, Sophie, Thalestra, and Spring Meadow. The other humans with you include Hightower, Creedy, Jack Houston, and Connor. All right. Um, 
So, out of character, it might be a good idea to at least put a couple cops in the roaming band, uh, or, like, a couple of the humans on side, just to make sure they don't go, like, a little too crazy in, you know, doing sort of things. Mm. Other than uh, that... Yeah. Uh... Like, I'm thinking Connor can maybe go with uh, with Excalibur, considering that they're basically, you know, pack-bonded. Okay. Um, Houston Spring Meadow is I'm trying to figure out if they'd be better off combing the streets or they'd be coming with us. Probably. I don't think Houston has any like significant mobility powers, which if we're trying to get around Big Ben is going to be a legitimate issue. At so, this, uh, Jack actually, uh, like he squeezes past Connor, kind of like putting his hand on the guy's face and elbowing him out of the way. Um, so, uh, yeah, about that. Um, I actually got a pack with Fisher, so I got some jumping powers and stuff. And also, I got the pact with the Seder as well. Uh, yeah. Oh, Ted, right. So he did have a pact with the Seder. Yeah, I, okay. I, I can run fast and I can jump high. Yeah, okay. So then, how about... And I mean, John, I'm going to defer to Quincy, because I'm not about to just literally order a child into battle. He's not a child, though. Mm -hmm. Like, he's a fucking avatar of hope or whatever, so he... And that was before he performed a true pact to gain additional power. Yeah, so he's okay. good. Like at this point, Quincy is not is kind of past being his. Uh, yeah. Like he's, he's not. We're I, I we're gonna reevaluate our relationship after this in regards to like <laughs> me taking care of him, considering he can float and shoot laser beams. Yeah. Well. So. Okay. So then, if that's the case, he's probably best off on the streets as well, if only just because. Hey, that's basically a mobile peacekeeping unit. Yeah. Uh, I also, but I what I would say is is that it makes sense to keep him with us in the sense that he is probably the antithesis of this guy, right? Like, mm. he's probably the this guy's kryptonite. You are True. saying this, and currently what may be the well, most... No, Quincy, Quincy isn't saying this. This is me, Joey, saying this. Yeah. At, well, as you, as you guys are considering this, you look over to the back of the van. The person who is possibly the most powerful myth, even considering uh, Caliborn, is sitting in the back seat eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah, well, everybody likes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That well, yeah. doesn't say anything, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, Quin if if you if you ask Quincy in character, he'll just uh, uh, ask John what he wants to do. And so uh, yeah, he uh, takes a bite of his sandwich, thinks a about it for a bit as he chews, and so I'm fine with anything, Quincy, so long as I'm with other people. I'd like to help. Um, well, I would say then, probably you would like to keep you close then, just in case, you know, okay. keep, keep anything bad from happening. Right. All right. So, Connor, so, so far we got Connor, Hightower, and Creedy joining the streets crew. Mm. Uh, so that leaves, John is coming with us. So that leaves Sophie, Thalestra, and Spring Meadow, and Jack as that, I don't know, I think basically just uh, bring Sophie to bring them uh, Sophie Thalestra Spring Meadow and Jack with us kind of like a yeah a, an additional deployable vanguard just in case all right and how does this sound to the rest of you? yeah sounds good sounds great okay excellent so with that um uh yeah so just a double check uh who is going out with these other um teams so uh, uh, we're, we're all we're all together. I don't yeah. want us to split the party. So yeah. So Hightower, Creedy, and Connor are going with the ground with the um, the street force, as I'll be calling them. 
and um, John, Sophie, Thalestra, Spring Meadow, and Jack are going to be joining up with us for the assault on Big Ben. Okay. So with this, um, yeah, those three then head out, and uh, Connor speaks up. I'm going to do some patrols of the streets, just going to make sure that people are staying inside, going to see if anybody is currently under attack. And at this high tower, I'm going to return to Scotland Yard, going to see if there's anybody else there who may need our help, uh, see if we can muster any of our current forces there, and uh, ensure that we can enlist the men and women of Scotland Yard. And Creedy nods at this. I think I would be best served if I were to accompany you, Superintendent. And at this, uh, Creedy turns to all of you. And how will you be approaching Big Ben itself? Well, he knows we're coming, so no sense but to do it but to do it. Ah, he is expecting us. Go up to the door and knock. Essentially. And at that, Hightower? I see. Well, all of you? Uh, he takes a moment to look over all of you in turn. The myths, Jack and all four of you. It has been one of the highest honors of my career working with all of you. And should anything happen, I want you to know that even though the time we've been spending together has been short, I wouldn't trade it for anything else. Uh, Quincy's going to reach out and shake his hand. Yeah, at that, um, he's just going to let out a chuckle and uh, return the handshake. Mm -hmm. So I will... I will... Um clasp both of them on the shoulders mm. uh, and in doing so also activate my aura of courage ability so they're now resistant to what frightened I think it is yes so you reach deep into yourself for the last ability that Rita gave you your ability not only to resist the terror inflicted by the smiley face killer but to give that strength to other people and one by one you go over to Connor then to Creedy then to Hightower clap each of them on the shoulders and a blue wave sort of passes over them for a moment, and you can see a spark of blue deep in the center of each of their pupils for a moment before it fades. And they blink for a bit, but then they, when they settle and steal themselves, they look, if they didn't look ready before, they absolutely do now. Yeah, and uh, Blackmore makes a remark of something along the lines of, uh, just think of it as a going away present. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, Creedy smiles and nods at that. Connor, unsmiling, returns the nod as well. And uh, yeah, Hightower claps you on the shoulder. Once we finish up here, Blackmore, just a reminder, you're buying the first round, eh? <laughs> of course. Mm. Wouldn't want to miss it. And uh, yeah, so with that, um, I'm going to go over and basically just give everyone else, like, give everyone else uh, a touch of the courage. Mm. And look over and say, all right. This is, well, we're not exactly trained for it, but this is what we're supposed to do. Let's move out. Uh, just a nod and then, I guess, and then, yeah. And with that, the van pulls out. All of you grimly watching out the windows in preparation of what is to come. Everybody roll me a perception check. Uh, 15. 17. I got a 20. Not, not natural. 19. 19. All right. So everybody made the check. You see over the roofs of the houses near Big Ben, there are clouds drifting up uh, from near Big Ben. Like, you can't see because of the buildings in the way, but it looks like 
There are cl two clouds, each one of a different color. The one on the south side of Big Ben going uh, over the Thames, that one seems to be green. And the one closer to your side, going towards Trafalgar Square and uh, Scotland Yard, that one is whitish. Seems bad. Hmm. Does anyone know the abilities of this storm dragon? Are these both it? I don't think so. I think these are the two friends of our uh, of our mutual of our boogeyman, the uh, corrupt the hunter oh. and the plague. Oh yes, I had forgotten. Well, I guess we should introduce ourselves. So the van drives closer. You guys are going down um, Great George Street, going up towards the statue of Sir Winston Churchill, Big Ben off in the distance. But as you begin to go forward, you realize that the windows on either side of you along this street are frosting over. And the rain that is hitting the windshield is turning to hail and snow. That's bad. And as you begin to... And the van slows as Irvine notices this as well. And up ahead, you see a few things approaching Big Ben. First, there is what appears to be a snowstorm that is covering the ground with snow between you and the clock tower. You see shapes moving about within as the snow actually begins to slow and as it does so you get a clear view the area between you and big ben is filled with beasts you see hellhounds padding about through the square uh, leaving behind melting footprints as they prowl about their eyes burning as they are also accompanied by pure white wolves, massive ones uh, with ragged fur. Uh, their bodies, like, they have broken off shafts of arrows and old, rusted weapons uh, stuck in their hides. Up above, you see ragged harpies with black feathers winging about overhead, screeching into the air. These and so many other beasts are in the square ahead, but among them you see what is undoubtedly the hunter. A predator from beyond history, from the earliest that man could understand the concept of predation. A saber-tooth tiger, pure white, the size of a double-decker city bus. Its fur stained with frozen blood and decorated with all kinds of talismans hanging from its sides and its belly. And as it prowls forward, its eyes locked on the van, you see that beyond all of these myths, you see that there is a green cloud completely obscuring Westminster Bridge, and that there are shapes moving about within it as well, but you can only imagine what kind of minions are backing up the play. And that's when all of you realize what the plan of the Smiley Face Killer is. He doesn't need to send any of his minions out into London to cause chaos. He has the hurricane caused by the dragon to do that for him. 
All he needs to do is hold everybody off until time runs out. Okay. Well, I'm glad we sent people down anyway to uh, deal with, you know, like, the hunter and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, it's not great, but at least you have people to, who can help us out. Mm. And um, hmm. question. We're on the west side of the Thames, correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. You are on the west side of the Thames, approaching uh, Big Ben directly from the west along Great George Street. Okay. Well... <sighs> Blackmore um, is going to basically just say, we can't waste our time with this. Ben's our option. I think it's about time we see just how well this hunter chases. As you are getting ready uh, to fly, you do see even more shapes overhead around the summit of Big Ben itself. And you have an idea that even beyond the forces following the Hunter and the Plague are the forces that have directly followed the Smiley Face Killer himself. And as you look ahead at the small army standing between you guys and Big Ben, a single van, all you can think is where the hell your allies are. And that thought is answered with the sound of a single trumpet coming from the direction of a place that is very close by. Scotland Yard. And let us zoom out now and close in on the street going south towards Westminster Bridge as Creedy and Hightower are leading all of the officers of New Scotland Yard. Behind them are the Mounted Division ridden by officers wearing none other than the armor handcrafted for them by Tony on his first night on the job. These men and women are armed with all kinds of weapons, not only the batons and the firearms of Scotland Yard, but also whatever they could get their hands on. They have sabers, swords, even old battle axes and torches, everything that they can. It is like a return to the past as they approach Big Ben, uh, marching towards this army of beasts and of monsters and of disease and plague. You, If you were to look, you would see that in their midst is Jen Barber, your secretary, riding on the back of Webster in full paper dragon mode. And beside her is Boris the vampire, looking very casually dressed despite the officers around him, but nevertheless, he has his fangs bared and he is cracking his knuckles as he marches in the midst of all of these officers. Notably, two people that are absent from this parade are Fitz and Pepper, but they do their best job when they're not on the ground. And in fact, they are on the roof of Scotland Yard overlooking everything a pair of sniper rifles in hand. And on the ground, you, there is also Baxter, the normally silent officer, a riot shield in one hand and a stun gun in the other with waffles at his side, the Koma Inu. And to back all of these men and women up are none other than the basement boys, dressed in dark clothing, all of them murmuring to themselves that they're making the sign of the spider firearms in hand. I, 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 
let's not define what the size of the spider is, but I'm gonna, in my head, assume it's ridiculous. Um, uh, it is actually very easy to make, um, but, yeah, basically, um, you bring your hands up, uh, with your fingers, like, your hands are closed together, your fingers are pointed outwards to form the legs, and your thumbs form the pincer. Yeah, that's about what I expected. Yeah. Um, but yes. And with all of them are the five dwarves from the basement who have been working overtime to supply all of these brave officers with as many weapons as possible in these final hours to come. And this armor is pro this army is proceeding down the street, eyes at um, eyes locked on the monsters ahead, knuckles white as they grip their weapons, hearts set, souls determined. And as the hunter stills, watching this ensuing army that is about to approach, there is another sound that comes this time from the south. And all of you turn to look at the sound of bagpipes this time. And another army is advancing. This time, you see that these are not humans, not the men and women of London. These are the myths of Myth Town. As in the lead are dwarves playing bagpipes, the, se the discordant sounds of their instruments ringing out uh, throughout Parliament Square, as at the lead of the myths is Exatrius. The myth who had thought to have been rendered comatose by Finn McCarthy is limping forward on a silver sword as long as he is tall, using it as a cane. At his sides and his back are the Myth Town Guard in leather armor, led by Hespero the Centaur, armed with longbows, crossbows, swords, and shields at the ready. Wielded by elves, satyrs, dwarves, centaurs, trolls, harpies. There is no end to the description of the number of species that are at Exatrius's flanks. Alongside them, are Iris leading the members of the grove and her handmaidens as vines and plants are creeping along the fronts of nearby building. Sc uh, darting between the feats of the myths are is an armada of cats and Nekomata with Marn at their head, eyes narrowed at the fight that is to okay, come. Okay, now that I didn't expect. I was like... <laughs> Marn told you he never properly thanked you for helping him out during uh, the last blackout. And in their midst er, are so many other myths that you remember throughout your time as members of the Mythos unit. Makin Aldana the Afrit, his sword drawn and blazing, and at his uh, back are other patrons of O'Brien's pub, broken bar stools and broken bottles in hand. There is <laughs> they, they were just there. They were actually like, you know what? <laughs> We yeah. should help. We should help out. Oh, did everyone bring their weapons? Nah, man. Just grab, like, whatever you can find. Yep. Uh, you also see Silas. Um, the oh, myth, that, yeah. the now, that, now that actually makes me feel uh, a bit more comfortable because that dude fucking knows. That dude definitely fucking can kill a, guy, a man. <laughs> he is slowly clicking forward on his metallic legs, watching the army that he could have been on the side of spinning strands of steel between his hands in a razor-sharp cat's cradle. 
Also with them is the centaur Lucius Creed, the satyr Theodoros Galatas, also known as Ted. You also see even Squeeps, the Kappas, riding uh, on the back of the massive Hydra, all of its eyes locked onto the army ahead. And then you all hear more noises that you didn't expect, a foghorn coming from the Thames itself. And over on the river, uh, sailing down its length, smoke coming from its stacks, is the Crab Stomper, the barge belonging to the trolls. All of its guns drawn and trained towards Big Ben, as all of the trolls have various sawed-off shotguns, rocket launchers, and other black market weaponry, with Roach and none other than Chip Adams on uh, the sidelines of the ship getting ready to fire, and Ace the, do the Black Hound is at the prow of the ship barking up a storm. Just yells at the dragon, STOP! <laughs> and then the dragon <laughs> doesn't comply so it has to fall to the ground. <laughs> but with these armies assembled, there is now an electricity at the air. As the forces of the Hunter, the Plague, and the dark forces wheeling overhead surrounding Big Ben are all watching. All of the armies gathered and drawn, and Irvine is gripping of the wheel tighter than you've ever seen him before. Everything... Blackmore. Yes. Blackmore is just going to lean into the driver's seat uh, and say, Well, Irvine, let's not stand on ceremony, shall we? And Just get Ir us as close as we can to the tower. We'll take care of the rest. And with that, as if the gun to break the silence at a race, uh, the sound to break the storm is the rev of the engine as the pixie enchanted van hurtles forward. And simultaneously, something happens way off in the distance as the dragon shape in the hurricane, still hurtling towards London, is interrupted by a screeching cry, and through the lights of the hurricane and the thunder and the lightning, you can see the dragon impacted by the enormous feathered shape of the rock. And it is as this impact happens and the van hurtles towards Big Ben that all of the armies charge. And with that, the Battle of London and the Battle of Big Ben is joined as myths and men and monsters collide. And the van hurtles between all these scenes of combat as you see signs of chaos all around you. A walking inferno that is Makin Aldenas slashing his way through a horde of hellhounds. Um, a, the massive Hydra guided by Squeeps and Jeter is snapping up this one wolf and literally ripping it in half. Um, there are, there is a plague of locusts that is descending on the Crab Stomper, but Chip has uh, changed an attachment on his gun and is now firing this enormous flamethrower at these things, just whittling down this horde of insects while uh, Ace has taken a running leap onto Westminster Bridge itself and is beginning to rip into this uh, enormous mass of rats that can only be described as a rat king, while Hightower and Creedy have rushed forward amidst the army of uh, Scotland Yard, and swords in hand, and are slashing 
amidst uh, this, yeah, and are ripping into this horde of monsters and beasts, uh, the men and women of Scotland Yard at their backs as guns are fired, and there is a roar as this massive dwarven tank fires off a shot near you guys, and an entire building nearly collapses directly on top of the hunter, who leaps out amidst the fray, but is suddenly uh, tackled full on by Connor Carson riding on the back of Calibor. And as the enormous wolf screeches to a halt, Connor leaps off of his, its back, and you can see Connor's hair turning white and the full power of his pack activating as he turns not just from a human to a partial myth, but Connor goes full white werewolf. As he howls into the air, claws bared, fangs gleaming, and he tackles the hunter head on, and the two myths begin tumbling through the street, tearing up snow, blood, and concrete in their way. And as the van flies through all of this, Irvine has it aimed directly at Big Ben. But as it does so, uh, you can see that the black shapes near Big Ben's summit are hurtling down towards all of you, and you see gargoyles, onyx black as if carved from raw obsidian, carving down at you, their claws bared, and you can hear the shriek of metal as they begin ripping into the van. And Irvine, sensing that you're about to be cut to shreds, angles down towards Big Ben's base. And it nearly comes to a halt as it skids along the side. And he just says to all of you, there's no way I can get it up to, uh, to the summit of Big Ben with that swarm up there. You're going to have to go inside and proceed on foot. Got it. And as, uh, as all of you pile out of the van, you can see more of the armada of the plague coming after you led by what must be the plague itself. It is like no myth you've ever seen. It is what can only be described as a massive floating sea mine, a ball of iron covered in spikes and triggers with a metallic human face on its front caught in this permanent rictus of pain, its hollow empty eyes constantly weeping neon green poison that drips onto the streets and leaves hissing puddles in its wake. Seems bad. <laughs> Seems not great. Yep. It's, uh, it's no so good. Um, but as this is floating towards you, um, yeah, I will say that uh, Quincy, you feel a hand clap you on your shoulder. You turn around and you see Jack, and he just says to you, if you want, I think I can uh, stay here and hold some of them off. <sighs> well, Jack, if you think so, I trust you. And with that, Quincy will reach his hand out to shake Jack's hand. And yeah, Jack just grins and shakes it as well. So, right. of course you can trust me. I mean, hey, wouldn't be the hero if you couldn't, right? Fair enough. And so with that, you guys jump out of the van, and following behind Jack are Spring Meadow, uh, Thalestra, and Sophie, who are all getting, uh, stretching themselves out and getting ready to take on the army of the plague. And Quincy, you actually see that John is going to join them as well. All right. Um, so I just uh, put my hand on John's shoulder and say, um, well, uh, as uncomfortable as I feel about sending you into danger, I 
feel like I'm not really in a position to <sighs> be a guardian for you anymore. It's all right, Quincy. We can look after each other from now on. And with that, Quincy looks at him. And, You're right. And then he's going to shake John's hand. <laughs> yep. And uh, John shakes your hand as well. And yeah, Adam, Sophie uh, has come up to you at this. And she just says to you, right, try not to die up there, okay, big guy? Same to you. Right. And uh, with that, she uh, cracks her knuckles. Never sucked blood out of whatever the fuck that thing is, but I suppose this is the first time for everything. And after she does that, um, Thalestra is closing her eyes and summoning a swarm of spiders as Spring Meadow is also conjuring up as many vines as she can. And even Irvine is stepping out of the driver's seat of the van, shotgun in hand. And with that, Thalestra turns to all of you, and she looks over all of you, and I suppose you all are more capable than I first assumed. Well, uh, it took a while, but I'm glad we uh, earned your trust, Thalestra. Hmm, some modicum of it, anyway. Well then, you should be <laughs> off. <laughs> Pretty gonna reach out and grab one of her, like, spider appendages and just yeah. give it a little give it a little quick shake and then quickly pull his hand away. Yeah, and she just, yeah, she just freezes and she says you get one. I'll take it. Mm. And with that, your friends and comrades prepare to face off against the oncoming monsters as Jack suddenly straightens up hearing what can only be described as the bleeding of a goat. And he turns and looks, and hurtling down from nearby is Fisher, who, as it turns out, has grown quite a bit since you last saw him. This, uh, what was once a baby goat, is now definitely more of a grown-up goat that is maybe the size of a small horse. Uh, hey, big. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Jack? Hey, buddy, good to see ya! And so, yeah, he goes over and quickly nuzzles, uh, uh Fisher's... Uh, face before he's looking at back at all of you. Yeah, it turns out that, uh, you know, plants, they can grow really fast if you sing to them and stuff. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, I think Fitch uh, and the rest of us, we got it handled here. You go up there and uh, give them hell for me, will ya? Just gonna nod to him. And as your friends and comrades charge forth into battle against the plague, all of you look towards the doors to Big Ben and the four of you race inside, getting ready to take on the nightmare that has gripped London itself. The interior of Big Ben is pitch black, but you can sense that the only way to go is up. So, looking around, you find the stairs leading up towards the iconic clock tower and the four of you, preparing yourselves, begin to slowly ascend the stair, one step at a time. I mean, Blackmore is not ascending slowly. Blackmore no. has gotten into the middle of the damn thing and is jumping leaps and bounds up this damn clock tower. Yeah, as, as, as cool and thematic as it would be to go real slow, I think we're in a, a bit of a rush. So you we're gonna- okay. Yes. Hence the reason why I chose wanted to choose people to come with us that had mobility powers. Why yeah. don't all of you tell me how to... Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. 
Why don't all of you tell me how you are ascending? Uh, so Quincy's gonna look at the big stairs and be like, and you see him close his eyes and take a breath, and then his body is enveloped in like a uh, a like white-ish aura, and he lifts off oh. the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he goes, "Oh, this is convenient." And then he begins floating. Then he's Quincy's just gonna fly up the stairs, like maybe like a half a foot off the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blackmore, so Big Ben, having looked at it, has this sort of, like, big spiral staircase with a space in the middle. Uh, Blackmore is just going to use his Almirage ability to literally just, like, leap straight up it. Oh, wait, do you sure you want to go by yourself? Yes. Like, I think you're, okay. (laughs) Uh, Don't worry, he's not going to be alone. All right. He's not even going to be the first one there. (laughs) Just, just, Oh my god, just imagining your character just sitting there like, runs up, runs down, you guys coming? He runs up, runs down. <laughs> yes, Adam can uh, run on walls at three times the speed of sound. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. So, and Tony, how about you? Tony has no mobility powers. Tony's taking the stairs like a normal <laughs> yep. person. Well, what I you mean, could he takes do steps, but like yeah, what you, you could also do is you could just make like a very uh, metal dome and then just put the forge underneath the dome and have it explode and launch it like basically <laughs> a potato gun. Make it Sonic the Hedgehog spring really fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. What what Tony's going to do is he's just going to pull a Minecraft and just build underneath him. <laughs> <laughs> jump and then place a block and then jump and then place a block. It's easy. Yeah. Oh, God. So, no, no, um, Tony will, will take the stairs and not may, may do a ridiculous thing. Okay. No so, bomb jumping. <laughs> the four of you ascend as Franklin is the first to charge forward, conjuring up electricity between his heels and exploding upwards, grabbing onto the side of the staircase that is winding up the tower before leaping again to the next rung and the next, just taking uh, it one floor at a time, just boom, boom as suddenly there is something that streaks past him at impossible speeds. Um, a blur that almost leaves a red trail in its wake as Adam is taking the lead. Behind Franklin is Quincy, who is shooting like a star up the stairs, a trail of white light shimmering in his wake. And behind all of them is Tony charging up the stairs, uh, one enormous foot at a time, this unstoppable wall that is a cyclops in his prime uh, bringing up the rear of the group. And with he's that... Got, hmm? He's got like a constitution at 28. I think that allows him to run like six marathons. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he may not run fast, but he runs long. So, one by one, you all ascend into the final chamber as the yellow glow of Big Ben's face is directly to your right. Uh, quick question. Wasn't all the lights off, or is there something else illuminating Big Ben? The hurricanes, the lightning from outside is illuminating through uh, the clock face. Yeah, Ah, dramatic thunder. Yes, dramatic thunder, exactly. So there's wind in here for some reason, because it's cool. (laughs) A portion of the glass of Big Ben has been broken because of the high winds, and as a result, Ah. wind is coming through. Ah. But as you all are looking around, this entire room is cast in shadow. 
and despite the battle going on from outside, it is oddly hushed in here. As you all look around, So good of you all to come. You know, I had a feeling at the end of all this, you'd be here. I mean, you've been throwing so many little wrenches into my plans already. It just makes sense. All of you look around for the source of the voice. It seems to be coming from everywhere. Uh, Quincy is going to slowly lower to the ground, um, mm-hmm. look up and say, well, you did invite us. It would be rude not to uh, respond to your invitation. And he's going to use uh, Tremor Sense. What does he feel? You feel there are three, there are three forms in here. Mm-hmm. One of which is behind a nearby pillar. The other two are high above. But... Uh- do I detect uh, Finn McCarthy's scent in one of these things? You inhale, and you absolutely smell a familiar smell, one that you smelled earlier today. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm going to have Quincy's going to point at the three positions, or at least mm-hmm. the directions. And you just hear the voice continue. My, my, my. I suppose you were always a man of manners, Quincy Adams. So refreshing in this day and age. Uh, it's just a shame that this age is gonna have to come to an end. But, for such an occasion as this, I made sure to invite some friends. After all, what good is a night like tonight if you can't share it with other people? And the shape from behind a nearby pillar steps out. The fellow that you see there is one that you've only seen in police reports before, Franklin. A fellow who seems oddly unremarkable. Somebody that you could pass by easily enough on the street. Nondescript for the most part, pale skin, brown hair, simple clothes, but his hands are covered in dried blood and his eyes are hollow and staring. As you are face to face, maybe not quite, but you are faced with Finn McCarthy, the leader of the McCarthy family, and one of the people said to be the most powerful packed users in London. After a bit of a discussion with, well, Mr. McCarthy here, I reasoned with him that we had quite a bit in common. We hate to be the sorts of people who sit by and let other people take all the glory and all the treasures in the world for themselves, so why serve in heaven if you can rule in hell? And you feel more vibrations, Quincy, as the shapes from up above land on a pair of crossbeams above you, and as you look up you see the glinting forms of two pitch-black onyx gargoyles leering down at you from up in the shadows. So, this is how it's going to be. Just a little bit of time to go. It's going to be all of you. The Mythos unit versus all of us. And there is movement. And all of you look over 
and you realize where the smiley face killer is as the face of Big Ben, yellow, lit up by the lights of the hurricane, now have a pair of black eyes and a smile. And with this, the face slowly begins to rotate. Tick, 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 tick. I suppose we better get to it. I believe we have a guest coming. So, why don't we wrap this up real soon? So I can send you, Blackmore, to see your bitch of a wife. And with this, we are going to roll for initiative. One final time. Oh, okay, so he doesn't have, like, another four. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, I never all right. Uh, I'm just, I'll just post it in the channel. Okay. Adam got a 14. Franklin got a 17. Quincy got a 12. Tony? Plus. Um, it's plus sense modifier, right? That is correct. Um, That is a 13. Okay. Tony got a 13. And I am rolling for a few other folks here. All right. Starting us off is the smiley face killer. The face turning in a clockwise fashion stops and begins to shudder as it peels itself away from the face of Big Ben as behind it is a shadow so large you realize that it is the entirety of the interior of this room, pooling around the gears and the clockwork of the clock tower. And the face grins at all of you as the eyes begin to widen into bottomless circles, taking up nearly the entirety of its face as the smile vibrates into a sketched on pencil line. And the eyes pulse and all of you feel a wave pass over you as you just hear whispers. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me, 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 look at me! And you feel this wave pass over you, but you are all suddenly enveloped in the same blue light that Franklin surrounded you with. And as the shape stops its efforts, it stares down at you, the smile wavering just a moment before widening into a grin with visible Oh, Blackmore, you picked up some tricks! And with that, uh, the smiley face killer is going to be unsuccessful in his attempt to inflict the terror status upon you. Ah. But with that, he has learned that he's going to have to resort to other options instead. So next are going to be the gargoyles. One of them is going to land next to Tony. The other one is going to land next to Adam. And both of them are going to attack the both of you with attacks. So, Adam, you are able to dodge the attack as uh, the gargoyle is preparing to swipe at you, but your vampire instincts kick in, and suddenly it is moving in slow motion. Everything is moving in slow motion. You can hear from outside, a single tick, like the boom of a thundercloud. And you just 
bend back almost contemptuously as the claw scythes above your uh, head. While Tony, the claw comes at you. This one hits, and so the gargoyle is going to roll for damage. But because of your improved armor, uh, you just bring up uh, your hand uh, and you catch the claw as it is about to penetrate past your guard before uh, rearing back with a headbutt and cracking it into the gargoyles. Not enough to damage it, but enough to stun it momentarily and to get it to back off. And after those, it is going to be Franklin's turn. All right. So with that, um, having realized that his first trick, Blanklin is just going to start more or less slowly approaching um, the smiley face killer. And he's just going to start talking and say, you're right, you did take everything from me, but now I'm going to return the favor. I'm going to take everything from you. You want to know fear? Allow me to introduce you. And um, I'm just trying to think, is singing a free action? Um... Yes, it is. And that actually reminds me, as you're stepping forward, Franklin, all of you uh, taking a moment to take in the battlefield notice something else. Nearby, there is a wooden table, like a workbench, and you see a collection of electronics on it, like various parts and tools and things like that. You see the device that you had seen uh, so long ago, it seems, with... Elliot Foster, <clears throat> the one that he had invented and shown uh, by force uh, to the smiley face killer. It is resting there with a number of batteries that could only be made of zeronium. But you also see nearby is a large video camera, the type that is used for large broadcasts, which explains how the smiley face killer was able to send out that TV uh, interruption earlier and you can also see a number of cell phones nearby as well. And you remember, all of you, who were there for it, that Elliot Foster told you about a myth that he had made friends with. A myth called Yada that can control electronic devices. Makes sense. Yep. And you also remember something else. You didn't hear any of the noises uh, promised to you by Genevieve Helms, who had apparently set up a speaker system to broadcast the song, The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow, because of the blackout, you think that those can't work. Uh, well, obviously. <laughs> right. But you look over and you see the phones and you realize these myths that exist within electronic devices, they have to exist somewhere. Ah, okay. Good to know. Because <laughs> I, I was under the impression that they were like at the power plant but no i no. guess we did say that we had them check the power plant and they weren't there so exactly. they would have to be yeah i guess this is the only place they really could be um so then question i think the idea is if we can deal with those phones yeah we do we break the phones open i'm just wondering because i do have a spit acid ability i'm wondering how much do i need to break these things in order to get them out I would assume inoperable is the point, right? All right. Uh, am I able to spit a big enough loogie of acid to just cover the phones? Before you do so, ask yourself one question. Are these Nokias? Because <laughs> if they are, you're fucked. 
Well, I mean, if he's that smart, then yeah, we, we would have already- We would have never gotten here if they were Nokia's. I'm gonna level with you. If he was that smart, he, we would have never even caught on to his plan. Yeah. So I doubt they are. Well, also remember that that the uh, that Foster said that his myth friend was being held hostage. Oh yeah, so this so they're trapped in the phones. Yeah. So I'm just thinking, do I decide to do uh, do I just hawk a loogie of acid on them and just let them disintegrate through? Because that'll probably destroy them entirely. The phones. Well, no, it would destroy the myth though, because the myth is electricity or something, right? Like it's well, not. Well, I mean, it depends on whether the the myth, like. I mean, technically speaking, humans are electricity. It's just being processed through meat, though. So. Well, yeah. okay, but the question—the question is, how do you trap something in a phone, right? Like, yeah. I would imagine. It's not the like they—it's not like they just don't know the pin to the phone. They can't unlock it, right? Yeah, it's probably trapped in the battery. If I had to guess. Yes, I, I'm just saying that, like, it might also be. Like, if we can take control of the said phone, like, if, say, someone incredibly super fast who, uh, who can keep the, uh, the smiley face killer from moving quickly because he's, uh, because he can't move quickly while being observed and he can, and ha that person ha also has uh, a myth ability that allows him to observe that, the myth at all times, you know, maybe could just grab that cell phone. Mm. Well, uh, you know, if uh, such a person existed. Hint. All right. Well, regardless, Blackmore is going to start approaching uh, the smiley face killer, mm. and in lieu of having the um, the broadcasting equipment, uh, is just going to sing. The okay. sun will come out tomorrow. Smile. your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll it, be sun. It comes out from a voice that maybe hasn't sung in a long, long time. But as it comes out, the smiley face killer's smile, for the first time ever, disappears. And it just stares at you, Franklin. Where did you hear that? But you continue on, undeterred, as the killer's eyes become wider and wider. And it is like it is hunching in on itself and stop it. Stop it. I SHOULD STOP IT! And with that, shadows are suddenly stabbing down and around you. You turn into ghost form and just dance around them almost instinctively before leaping back. For this, Franklin, I'm gonna ask you for... Hmm. Tell you what. If you want to, Franklin, you can use up your turn to do this and impose disadvantage on all of the smiley face killers attacks uh until the next round as much as that might be something to do blackmore's really just using this so that he can get close enough to him to really put the hurt on him okay so blackmore take... is continuing yeah. to sort of advance towards him mm. and then i'm going to attempt to hit him with the wraith touch okay so now that this thing's guard is down you then race forward towards it as it is low enough that you could lash out at it, and you activate Wraith. Okay. Does a 21 hit? It does. It All has right. a very high defense, but it does. So, Roll me damage. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Roll it. Okay. 11, 19, plus 6 is... 
25 damage. You reach into a, a part of this thing's shadowy form, and it is like grasping something dead and wet and cold, but you squeeze as hard as you can, and the smiley face killer shrieks and pulls back as part of its shadows slough away, dripping onto the grating of the metal floor and dripping down into the darkness below. Um, question. Is the smiley face killer uh, considered a non-undead creature? Um... Well, better question. Allow Blackboard to ask that in character. As he tears the damn thing out of the boogie, uh, out of the smiley face killer, tosses it aside, he stops singing only to ask her, tell me, do you fear death? Um, yeah, the smiley face killer doesn't respond as it is glaring at you for the first time ever. You have turned the tables, Franklin, and now it is the one looking at you with hate. And it just says, I am going to enjoy this, Blackmore. That makes two of us. <laughs> and so with that, Adam, it is your turn. Let's see which one of us has the better one-liners. <laughs> <laughs> I smoked 30 cigarettes before coming up here and drank a shot of scotch. Yeah, well, I smoked 50 cigarettes and took two shots of scotch. Um, okay, Adam is going to take a hand. I myself in the throat. <laughs> um, Adam is, hmm, well, there are these gargoyles to deal with, but uh, there are also those phones. Hmm. Yeah, maybe I'm the best person to deal with these. So, based on what I know, we, we don't have like a Zeronium box we can put these in, do we? Um, not to your knowledge. Wait, do we have any myth capture units? You do. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I think some. My thinking here is that we put the phones in the myth capture units. Essentially, it will act like a Faraday cage, right? Hmm. Like the myth powers can't get in or out, even though the myths are like, you know, trapped inside the phones, they'll be inside the phones inside the, the Zeronium cage. So yeah. I think that's what that's what Adam's gonna try and do. Okay. So um, just so you know, Adam, mm -hmm. you are directly adjacent to a gargoyle. If you try to move away from it, it will have a free opportunity attacking. Even if I move it 4,000 miles an hour? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um. Uh, I will say that uh, Gargoyle will read your instincts in the moment before you move. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Um, hmm. Well, these things are probably pretty tough, so I don't know if I'd be that effective with them on a one-on-one -on -one fight. Um, yeah, I'm just going to take the risk. Okay. So, all right. That is going to be a hit. So, Adam, as you race away from the it lashes out suddenly, gouging you in the side with its claws and you can feel blood beginning to pool uh, beneath your vest as you take 10 points of damage, bring you down to 15 hit. Oof. All right, um, so <clears throat> Adam is going to zip by the table, grab yep. the electronics, uh, and then just keep running uh, off the side of Big Ben's. Okay. Um, give, him, give himself a minute. So, um, when you say off the side of Big Ben, do you mean the inside of Big Ben or the outside? The outside. He can so, run a wall, remember? Oh, but there's a storm outside, isn't there? There is. And oh, I forgot about that. Uh, the, in that case, I'm just going to jump down the middle. 
Okay. Um, so Adam, in a flash, you are at the table and suddenly you have a whole bunch of cell phones in your hand. Then before anyone can react, you are streaking down the interior of Big Banner on the bottom floor. And suddenly all of the cell phones in your hands are lighting up. They're getting like, they're getting one text after another repeatedly, all of them simultaneously. I'm not gonna read that. <laughs> well, they're probably like help, right? Because the things inside of we <clears throat> were, were hostages, right? Right. Yes. Hmm. Adam does read them. No, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. It, I can't risk it because they might not be like they might be under uh, control of some some hostile entity. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I do not have time to deal with this. Uh, That's fair. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't know if I have any more actions if grabbing the cell phone counts as an action or if that's all like part of my move, but, um... Hmm. Um, I will say that at 5,000 miles an hour, you can move almost anywhere you need to nearby for the sake of this scene. Okay, great. Um, alright, yeah, so the Adam's idea here is that he's gonna, uh, go down the tower, um essentially like try to bait one of the gargoyles to follow him if that's what they want to do if not that's great he has essentially a a whole turn to deal with these cell phones take a swig of blood to replenish his hit points and then get back up okay um Um, so that that'll be my next my next the the end of this turn and then the uh next turn depending on how things go so um where are you going to put these cell phones uh in inside a myth capture unit okay so you take out a myth capture unit and, uh, yeah, you take one of the cell phones, press the capture unit to the cell phone, suddenly there's a... The myth capture unit is full, but the phone is still in your hand. Oh. Hmm. That's interesting. That's not what I was expecting. Alright. Hmm. I'll just put it in my pocket. Okay. So you put it back in your pocket. There are still, I will say, uh, three other cell phones that are still, like, getting text after text after text. Right. Well, I have them in my person now, so, yeah. uh... I guess that's one taken care of, and I'll just have to keep these uh, safe. Okay. And all right. And you said you're going to take a swig of blood as well. Uh, yeah. If I if I can do that on this turn, if not, then I'll do it next turn. All right. So you have, um, I believe that you stocked up before coming here. You have three blood pouches on you, and for your standard action, you can uh, use one of these and heal yourself. Yes, will do. Pop that okay. like a Capri Sun. Okay, uh, so yeah, you um, basically bury your fangs, pierce into it, and just begin drinking it like, as you said, a Capri Sun. So I believe, how many points do you have in your healing ability? Seven. Okay, that's the amount of ranks you have. So roll me 5d6. Okay, I mean, I've only lost 10 hit points, so yeah, I heal them all back. Yep. And now, wait, and now the ability is, you were saying something about the regeneration earlier? I think that might just be high for regeneration, Joey. Oh, yeah, that's okay. just fine. That applies to Franklin. Ah. So, yeah. Just... See, I should have brought, like, a bunch of snacks with me into this fight. Hmm. And for my free action this turn, I eat another bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> you see, a McDouble has all of the nutrients you need. You, you know that thing in Skyrim where you, like, pause the fight mm. and you should eat, like, 15 wheels of cheese and then you're good to yeah. go? Just that. <laughs> constantly. Hmm. All right. As my free and, action, I chug this four liter of milk. And that is how the Dovahkiin saved Skyrim. By eating 12 apples and 15 wheels of cheese in less than a second. But, uh, yes. Um, 
So you begin guzzling the blood packet, and in seconds it is drained, and you feel the wound underneath your vest uh, beginning to close up as... Just roll 5d6, because who knows, you might get five ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got over 20 on that. Oh, okay, thank you. So with that, yeah, you are back up to full hit uh, at 25. Great, all right, and that's my turn, I guess. Okay, uh, did you want to use the rest of your movement to return to the battlefield? Um, I mean, if I can, yeah, sure, why not? You can because 5,000 miles an hour is superhumanly fast. It's pretty fast. All it's right, Big Ben's only like 300 feet tall. You could go up multiple times. Yeah, I think That's your true. move action can get you anywhere you want. At Like, you can be at any place in your turn at, that you want, essentially, I was, right? Yeah, I was thinking that I might actually go and drop these back off the, the precinct, but I don't think they would be any safer there, so I'll just mm. keep them on my person. Okay. I mean, one thing is that if they're under some, like, because we don't think that they're under um, Imperius Rex control, like, you could just throw them in the Thames and the electricity will get out that way. <laughs> yeah, but it might also spread their essence across the entire ocean, which is a fuck, kind of a fucked up thing to do. Yeah, I'll, I'll just keep them in my... my own. A lot Everyone of gets a blackout! <laughs> to be fair, you don't know what will happen to these things if they are broken, period. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just gonna hold on to them. But yeah, I'll, I'll put myself back in the fight. Just, just okay. another uh, thing for the gargoyles to pay attention to. Great. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listentothesenerds at gmail.com.